Hello there, and welcome to Pink Milk After Dark, your late night live stream where we talk Star Wars queerly. Before we get the show started tonight, we are about to talk about a movie that's all about a rebellion and people rising up and banding together to uh, overcome a threat larger than themselves. We are recording this on September 10th, so I'd like to take a quick moment of silence for all of our fallen heroes uh, 20 years ago tomorrow during September 11th. Um, I'm going to do this now because it's a very hard day for me to talk about, but we should. So welcome to everyone in the chat and uh, just a moment of silence, please. Hello, friends. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. How are all of you beautiful people this evening? Let's pretend like we weren't chatting all day. <laughs> 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 oh. Emma, how, 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 how are you? How, how are you awake? Yeah. I didn't get my sleep last night. I uh, about six years ago, I made a tiny human, and uh, <laughs> I don't sleep anymore. So that's that story, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Hello, everyone in the chat. Hello, Paul. Hello, Joey. Hello, Emily. Welcome, Emily. I don't know if you've been in the chat before, but welcome. Hope all is well. And thank you to all of Star Wars Twitter for the support and all of those wonderful things. Hello, mm-hmm. Kitten. Hello, Christopher. Hello, Lana. And hello, Nick. Thank you for the filth this morning. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Chase, how are you? Um, I'm good. It's been a fun, busy week. Uh, like I said last week, I had an anniversary to celebrate. I had a dog's first birthday to celebrate. So it's been very fun. And um, I also have a new fan that no one here has seen. And I would love to show it to you all. Hold it. Hold it because you'll it. need it. <laughs> <laughs> Just get ready. Little... This, this fan's a little bit darker, a little bit dirtier. Okay. It's, a, it's a good fan. Mm. Right. just a little foreshadowing i think you'll need it yeah. mark <laughs> how about you my week, my week was pretty stressful but it ended on a super good note so i'm happy about that Yay! and i'm still riding high from the vacation last week because i got to see john williams at the hollywood bowl yes tell yeah. us all there about were, it there were many happy tears it was just insane it's like a once we got to the Star Wars music, everybody like got their lightsabers uh. out and just were just waving <laughs> them around. And it was just a sea of lightsabers along with that beautiful music. And yeah, I'm never going to forget that. That was a lot of fun. It was so awesome. And it, it was a dream come true. So 
It was cool. That's amazing. Although, That's really, although, really amazing. Although, Mr. Williams, I love you, but you did not play the Superman March, so we're going to have words, okay? So, just saying. <laughs> that was my only problem with the whole thing. I was like, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so, but I'm so thankful that I've seen him. I mean, he looks, he looks happy. He looks healthy. I'm just glad to see him up there doing his thing. And it's just, yeah. Oh, anyway, but yeah. And, and now I'm here with you guys. So. <laughs> awesome. Um, I can I can feel you with the tiny humans. I did not create my tiny humans. Nonetheless, <laughs> they are here. And um, our seven year old has like joined the bed again. And this dude is not fun to sleep with. Like I uh, what's today? Friday, Wednesday, woke up with a bloody nose. <sighs> From a headbutt. <laughs> Thank God I, I am not planning on ever like reproducing my own children because I've been kicked so many times. I'm not sure if there's anything viable left. <laughs> but uh, uh, you miss uh, it. Let me tell you, because our oldest, that ain't happening anymore. Mm. Like, I mean, you're lucky just to get him to like watch a show with you for 30 minutes. Dad, I have a life. I've got friends. <laughs> oh, oh, are we already well, at that stage? Me. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and he's uh like two weeks ago, Jack sat about right here. So if you're listening to the podcast, just under my nose, basically. This week, he is just under my eyeballs. So I'm gonna have a son taller than me very soon, and it's gonna be very weird. <laughs> <laughs> I am not ready for it yet, so I gotta I gotta figure it out and pull it together and get used to it because life has other plans for me. Welcome, Brian and Crystal to the chat. Alejandro. Don't look at me like that, and don't look at me like that later. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. We are here tonight to talk some Rogue One, the very first Star Wars like side shot shoot story whatever what are they called star wars stories Mm -hmm. um it was a really big deal when it came out no one knew what to expect so what were all of your first reactions when you first saw it not overall movie just like what were what was the lead in and what was it like when you first saw it mark So I'll say this. It was a super rainy day for me to get to it. Like I left work and had to go all the way across town to make this damn showing because we we had gotten (laughs) the South Bay Star Wars fan club had gotten a theater to watch it at. Right. So super rainy getting there. Yeah. Anyways, I was super excited. I don't didn't love it all like I do now. It took Mm, me a while to kind of take it all in because it was something so different and so new. I was not used to it. It really kind of threw me off at first. And Got it. over time, yeah, that'd be that, a whole different story. That's where I was. Emma, how about you? What, the day that I saw Rogue One? Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it was at the end of a terrible year that only got worse. Oh, um, I really needed it. Okay. <laughs> um. I went to see it with Sarah. I dragged my wife along with me, who is not a huge Star <laughs> Wars fan. And she um, she reminded me tonight, actually, that I was miffed at the time because she was like, oh, that was so much better than The Force Awakens. 
<laughs> and I mean, I do love Rogue One. I do yeah. love Rogue One. <laughs> and yeah, and actually, I, if I were to rank it, I probably would put it above Force Awakens. It's just, I don't know, like, you don't need to shove that in my face. Yeah. <laughs> that was just, a, that felt unnecessary and unsure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chase, how about you? Um, I didn't see Rogue One until 2020. I had a <gasps> seriously. Yeah, oh, so wow. Like, and, and like, you know, being the Star Wars fan that I am, I've done like enough research to know that like certain like trailers were coming out, like different kinds of trailers and like a lot of things are cut and there's like reshoots and everything. But I had seen Solo before I saw Rogue One and I mm. um and I didn't love Solo with peace and love. But um, so I so I was I was really interested by, by it when I first started it. I was like, OK, like, let's see, like how this like Star Wars story, another one of their Star Wars stories, like independent things goes. And I was blown away. I just thought it was epic. This like epic, epic movie that just beautiful tied everything in so beautifully. And I, it's been one of my favorite films ever since I've seen it. And I've seen it uh, quite a few times since then. Like I've watched, it's like one of my go-to watch, my go-to Star Wars movies to watch. Love it. Love it. I love uh, a couple of people in the chat here real quick. Paul says, I wasn't so sure about it until Vader's scene. Then it was amazing. Brian says uh and if you haven't listened to brian on the show please go back a couple weeks ago and listen to it because it was great and brian's fantastic and wonderful and lovely um it felt weird not to have an opening crawl at the start of a star wars film i agree but it also was absolutely perfect because it was jarring and you knew it was going to be the same thing from that moment going forward you know i think i posted a tweet earlier in the week just to get kind of overall reactions of rogue one from twitter and uh, honestly, like, I would say it was overwhelming, super love for the movie. Right. Like, good, I think good. for the most part, I think this is probably the most universally accepted Disney era Star Wars. It seems to me that way. Um, and I still hear from time to time, like some it, it was a movie created to fill in a plot hole in A New Hope about the opening of the Death Star. I'm like, that is not a plot hole. No, no, no. <laughs> like, people don't know what a plot a, hole is anymore. No, team. No. Shout out. I team. mean, <laughs> yeah, like, team. it was a hole in the Death Star that was plotted to be there so our hero could save the day. But, like, and this wasn't even answering that question. This movie wasn't really about that. That was kind of the MacGuffin that led the thing through, but that's not what this movie is about. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I have to be honest, I don't totally exactly remember seeing this movie for the first time. Jack had just moved in with us one month before. Mm. And this was the first movie I had ever seen with my son, Jack. And I still I have this little picture of how little itty bitty he was with this gigantic Mm. bowl of popcorn. And I love it because he's not so little itty bitty anymore. And it's almost up to my eyeballs. But before we got there. okay, now let's remember that my children were adopted and they were all older when they first came to us. So other people raised them for a little while. And Jack, who is a very, very, very good son, I'm very lucky, was running like crazy. He was all over the place. Tom and I were so mortified. Like he just did not know how to behave. Oh. <laughs> like, this is so awful. And then like we got it, we got it together. And then I think I just cried the whole time because here I was like watching a Star Wars movie with my son. And I just never Aww. thought that was ever <laughs> going to happen. And 
to this day, like I think I've I talk about a lot. I'm still here. I am five years later, and I still don't know how to share Star Wars with my kids completely. Like, I mean, obviously I do, and I love it, but it has always been my thing for so long that I hold so close and so dear and so precious that I don't know how to share it yet. I enjoy it with everyone, but I don't know how to share it. I think it's a fine line, and I'm it's probably not the greatest look. <laughs> as a dad but it's just the truth like i i don't have room for people like em like when sarah said at the beginning i don't have room for that at the beginning like i want everyone just to shut up like i just be quiet because i just saw stars i just had an experience i just saw jesus like that is how i feel and i need like i need it to soak it yes (laughs) i need to soak it in and this movie had a lot to soak in Yeah. yeah and let me just start now I don't like it. Brian. <laughs> I don't like it. It goes. I don't like it. That's it's okay. really. That's okay. I, I, <laughs> this is what I came me, back to. Yeah. <laughs> let me, I know. Like, A house in ruin. I couldn't even sit through it. It took me three days to watch this movie. Brian. Like, I, let me say this before I get like, ridiculed all over the place there we go see it's already starting in the chat um i think it is the most beautiful of any of the 11 star wars movies it is gorgeous Gorgeous. it looks like a new hope Mm -hmm. but done now where where the uh i think the sequel trilogy especially the force awakens like they were just harping on in the marketing department of practical practical effects practical effects part and then i think there were some moments where they could have used cg and didn't and it would have been better to use cg and i feel like the star destroyer looks like a model it, like it is beautiful this movie is yeah. beautiful the, the oh, yeah. costume design is gorgeous the alien design is beautiful the planets everything about this movie is gorgeous it looks like what the prequels wanted to do but the technology finally caught up so imagine like if if you're wearing your episode three hoodie today, like imagine if that movie was made now. Imagine Felucia now. Like, don't oh my get me started. Don't so, get me started. So with that, but I, I just I the third act. Like there is no complaining about the third act. It's beautiful, yeah. but the movie it's really boring. I can't get into it. Like I try and I want to so bad because I like the characters that were given. Yeah. But I'm not there. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation this evening to steer some new opinions my way. Okay. Um, Because I feel like it's all there. I think this movie needed to be one, two or three movies or the beginning needed to be shuffled around a bit. So anyways, let's start with the opening of the film, because for me, it's already a mess. Like it's like. We go. We visit seventy-two planets within two minutes. <laughs> Ryan, we, like I and can't. You're not I, even hyperspace jumping, right? I know. It's just like boom. We're here. No, we're here. We're in jail. We're in a tank. We're getting rescued. We've got a cloth over our head. But but Whoa. that but that is symbolic of the times that okay. we are in. Do you know what I mean? Like okay. that sort of chaos is exactly the chaos <laughs> that each of our protagonists is feeling in the film. Okay. Every single one of those people is in a moment of total chaos. And so I think that shuffling around is just kind of bringing us to that moment of like, I can't sit down and rest and enjoy this movie because none of our characters can sit down and rest because they're like on the, you know, 
in the middle of this war on the brink of this huge weapon of mass destruction that's about to be birthed. Like, <laughs> oh, thank you, Crystal. <laughs> so anyway, so that might have been a little intentional, but I also hear what you're saying. As like an audience member, I hear what you're saying, for sure. Okay. <laughs> I have to read Paul's statement real quick. Paul says, and he thinks Luke kidnapped Grogu. So who's surprised? We're going to respect any of your opinions now, Brian. <laughs> it's over. It's Apparently. Over. <laughs> okay, Emma, what about you? What, what? How do you feel about the opening of this movie? I loved it. I found it so gripping. Okay. And, and actually, I feel like one of the reasons why the opening is kind of like jerky and disjointed is because as an action adventure film, it can't linger too long on the tragedy of breaking up the Urso family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the killing of Lyra is like one of the most tragic things that we yes. see in a Star Wars movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know? And I feel like in order to sort of maintain the momentum, it's necessary because otherwise the emotional weight of the events that are being portrayed are too heavy. To, like you can't dwell on them. You have to like hop, skip and jump to the next thing. Yep. Otherwise, because otherwise you're not serving the story. Absolutely. Can I add something to that too? That's Go, a Jason. beautiful point. And also to add to it, like Jen didn't have, like, it's so clear when I was rewatching it today, it's so clear when Jen is watching her father's like hologram, like speech to her. It's so clear that she hasn't processed an ounce of the trauma that she's been through. It is so yeah. clear to me. And why, yeah. and how could she, because saw Guerrero picked her up and brought her on like, who knows how many like missions or whatever, like her life was just thrown into chaos and she hasn't processed any of it. So I think that like, I just agree with your point a hundred percent about yeah. like, yeah. The, the, the Oh, opening. when she's sitting alone in the bunker, like she's like, the reason that shot is there is to show that she's like shutting down emotionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, she's like, how can you sleep? She's looking at, like, snoring tentacle dude, Cthulhu over there, and she's like, how in the world are you sleeping? Like, this is to me. Like, there's so much, I can't even sit and relax. There's so harder. much emotional turmoil. And, yeah. she says, yeah. and she says, like, she's like, if you just keep your head down, like, you don't, like, just keep your that's head right. down. It's like, that's yep. that same sort of, like, closed off energy. Yep. She's in survival mode, like, totally. 100% of the time. And as we watch the film, we see her go on this journey of committing to a higher ideal. Yeah. Mark, how about you? How did you feel? So you the said it took you a minute. Yeah. Yeah, no, right? it did. It, it did because here's the thing is a lot of things that I didn't know. We, we kind of had an idea then of what changes the movie had gone through, what it was and what it became because it changed directors, you know, the, even the mm-hmm. initial footage that we saw at, I forgot which one of the conventions it, it was, was yeah it was the, the initial it, teaser trailer like a lot yeah, of that is not here yeah it, it just didn't mm-hmm. end up making a movie because we were we were promised this almost gritty kind of on the ground almost world war ii type flick you yep. know and not we were gonna get like violence or like saving prior and ryan like the beginning or anything but you know that's what it kind of had a feeling of right mm-hmm. and not that this movie is all cheery or anything because we do get the loss we do get all that mm-hmm. eventually you know um 
But it just, it's interesting because we're lucky we got what we got considering all the problems there was heading into this. And we got some really good performances out of the actors and everything. But looking back on it now, when I rewatch it this time, it just, I love the performances because they bring me in. The actors bring me in. And, you know, um, since Emily is here, I'm going to big a shout out to Mendo, you know, because Ben Mendelsohn is just amazing. You know, I mean, just right away, you just get into that character you you learn to fear him and that's a it's good imperial like you want somebody like that to be the on the opposing side right away you want the fear you want to fear the empire right away you know um and you have to imagine that we're only seeing a small window of how this has gone down on many a planet where people like this have been taken Mm. away from their families the whole family has been taken away for the empire for their cause to make all this happen and that's more of that sank in when I was watching it this time. Um, Cause it'd been a long while since I watched it, but I, I, I like the setup better now. And, and you know, what's funny? Yeah. the other thing that I hadn't noticed before, I don't know why, but this would be like the third or fourth time I've watched this since it's come out um, that um, we get to see Forrest Whitaker on the screen before that scene, mm-hmm. when he reveals himself, when he opens the hatch, yep. for some reason it didn't sink in that that was in the movie, uh, yep. you know? So, but yeah, it is like like I was mentioned earlier. The no crawl was jarring, but that's fine. We're not in one of the you know yeah. So yeah, yeah. Christopher brought that up in the chat earlier. I love yeah. the sudden opening because it gave permission for any future Star Wars film to do something creative with the opening. It was also telling you the story is going to be different. I agree. Like I love that part of this movie. I love the opening. I love that we see Lara go down the way she goes down. I think it was it's really jarring. It's really emotional. And I just it was it's the first it's the first act for me that and let me I'm going to throw this question out to you because I've seen a few people bringing up uh, the book. Uh, Paul mentioned the book. Emily mentioned the book Catalyst as, as and someone today was talking about Blade Runner. Blade Runner is one of my favorite movies of all time. I love Blade Runner 2040 nine um and as much as i love blade runner i don't think that film does a great job building the world you don't need the world to understand the movie but if you read the the book uh um how do and uh do uh, android what is it mark used to be your twitter oh, thing the, do androids dream of electric sheep yes thank you yes. do androids yes. dream of electric sheep yes Great book. I mean, it's dry. It's not the greatest book in the world, but like it adds so much to the world that Blade Runner sits in and it makes watching Blade Runner so much better. Like Mm -hmm. they're nothing like one another. Characters are not the same at all, but the world. So that's I want to ask this question to each of you. I feel like this movie requires a lot of personal investment and personal knowledge of star Wars to bring into it. And I think I find myself frustrated sometimes with this movie because I feel like I don't, I don't bring the same things to star Wars that I think these people wanted to bring in. If that makes sense. Like Darth Vader, we'll get to Darth Vader later. Like I, I don't like the way I don't like the hallway scene. It's rad. Don't get me wrong. It's rad, but I don't like it narratively at all um but do you feel like this movie is that necessary chase like do we need to bring in 
all of other Star Wars. If we didn't know New Hope, would this movie still work? And that's where I feel like we don't because we know what happens to the rebellion. We know about how many Bothans died to bring us this information. We're bringing all of that weight into this with us. But we don't exactly have characters to bring to there. There's no needle in a character to bring that through with us to introduce us to these new characters. We're meeting all these new characters. We don't know their backstory. But I'm applying a different backstory to a different set of characters to these people. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. And may, maybe that's what's interesting. I don't know. But I think that's where I that's where my problem is. So how do you feel, Chase? You bring up a good point, and I I hear what you're saying. I think for me, it's not so much like, because again, like I watched it sort of like, I don't know, I watched it later, and and I, and I, I don't know, I don't know. I'll just say that I think it's not so much about how A New Hope is influencing Rogue One for me, but how Rogue One influences A New Hope. Mm -hmm. And I know that we know how everything is going to end, but Rogue One, like, for me, really like showed me what the stakes were and like what had to happen for the start of a new hope to happen. Like how many people had to die, the sacrifices that were made, the amount, like the entire journey of rogue one, it like brought, like brings the stakes up. So like now when I watch a new hope or just star Wars, like anytime I watch that, I'm just like, Whoa, like I, I love knowing what the stakes are what the rebellion is like really out here doing. You know what I mean? Like they're not just like, they're not just like flying through space and then it got boarded. Like they really like, there was a whole thing that happened, a whole battle. And on top of that, like characters that we've grown to know and love throughout in film that sacrifice themselves to make it happen. And so to me, it just like raises the stakes of a new hope. And I think that's what I love about it. And, and yeah, and that's what I'd say about that. And I also want to say about the opening crawl, like, I just love how like the rings of I forgot what planet it is, but the rings the rings of Catherine or yeah, yeah. and they kind of feel like the crawl. You're coming in at an angle, but you're underneath it, and it feels like an opening crawl from upside down. And it's like this it for me, and this might be a little woo-woo, but for me, it really feels like the movie's coming from a place of listen, we know we're under the opening crawl. We know we're under a new hope. We know that like we're right oh. before a new hope, and we know that we're like new here and we're just trying to tell a story and that for me like coming in from that place with the with like these like fake opening crawls that were underneath is a really beautiful way to set it up and be like listen we're not trying to do anything too crazy we're just trying to like you know add more to the story of the rebellion and add more to the story of like how we found out this you know the weakness of the death star and how we got these plans love it and i love that that set piece that planet or asteroid whatever it is wherever we're at like i need to go back there i think it mm-hmm. is probably in my top three of favorite star wars locations like ever it is so rad like yeah. everything i have still framed that this movie is the most george lucas star wars movie we get every single frame every corner of it is covered in something and that is something that george lucas did that was so beautiful and you could watch a Star Wars movie. I mean, I am 42 years old. I've watched The Return of the Jedi my entire life. And I still see things I didn't know were there. I just went and saw The Empire Strikes Back <clears throat> on the movie theater. And I still see things I never saw there before. Because there was just so much loaded in those in, in the frame. And this movie did that beautifully. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emma, how about you? Like, you're, you're the queen of this kind of stuff. Like, <laughs> it's almost... I don't 
I think there's similar problems with the Bad Batch that I have with this. There's like similar things going on. I think I think it's part of the reason I love I'm sorry, and I just totally cut you off. I'm sorry. It's part of the reason I love solo so much is because we are invested in solo. So we're learning about the empire in these times through the eyeballs of someone I know to, because it is a through line to the films. We don't have a through line. We didn't really have a through line in the bad batch. Maybe that's where my, my issues are. But go. But see, that's why I like this movie because Mm -hmm. it builds out around the world that we already know. Right. Like kind of referring to what Chase was saying, it's almost like a new hope is like the core and we're exploring what's outside and the outer rim. And I mean, I'm probably extremely biased because I mean, seeing cheer at Imway is like crack Mm -hmm. to me. Like this (laughs) is my Star Wars catnip, right? <laughs> a non-Jedi who is yep. tuned to the Force, oh, who true. has, like, you know, this religious faith mm-hmm. and yep. is just so spiritual. and But not only has this really um, very, like, uh, dedicated and intense spiritual practice, but it affects the way he lives his life in the world. Mm. You know, because so so much of like in especially like in our mundane world, right? Mm-hmm. We think of spirituality as being something that's like out there or like as something oh. that people practice and that is separate from their like secular life. Some but do. one of the things <laughs> yeah, but that is one of the things that I love about Star Wars and about the Force mm-hmm. is that it's everywhere all the time. You know, like I was talking to Roberto about this on Twitter earlier this week, right? It's like every living thing is connected to the force, which means that every living thing can interact with it on some level. You know, it's like maybe Jedi are just like the Olympians of the force and the rest of us are just, you know, like in a, like a, you know, playing t-ball, you know, (laughs) Right. But it's it's still it's something that everybody can touch. And so I just love the way that that character gave it like a canon mainstream representation of someone who is attuned yes. to the force without needing to carry a yes. lightsaber. Yes. You also just described my all of my tattoos on my entire body. They're <laughs> all like because I agree with literally every single thing you said for me. <laughs> spirituality and life are not you cannot separate them one thing is we are all connected in every single way there's no way to conveniently the way i express it there's no way to conveniently remove your cross from your neck so you can then be who you don't want to be like it is all there we are always we're always held accountable for every single thing we do which is why if we make a mistake we have to move forward and apologize and try to mend fences but like there is no undoing of things i love I love Chiru for that so much, so yeah. much, Mark. And I think I mean I'm here for all of them, but that's where I think this movie needed to be more movies because there's so many characters. I think if we had a trilogy within the trilogy, I think I would be so on board with this. But we don't get enough time 
to love all of these characters and to really get to super explore that side of him. We don't get a chance to explore the trauma that Jin suffered. We don't get a chance to explore her relationship with Saw. Um, I feel like Andor was the most well-rounded character. It could be the actor. It could be all of those things, but like him, like Cassie and I get it all. And I'm, I'm really excited for Andor because I I said this during, during um, bad batch. I and like I love Solo. Like I think this is my I think this is my bread and butter. I love this era of Star Wars because I find it really interesting to explore the loss of a religion, the taking over of a people. What happens to a group of people when they gave it up with thunderous applause and then realize what they actually did? Like I'm I'm I love it. I mean, even in that boardroom at the end of this, the the rebellion and the end of Return of the Jedi, it wouldn't matter. Like it could have been it could have been a super bad guy who gave them information. They would have ran on it because of hope. But they weren't there yet. They were still like, I don't know. I kind of voted this in. And maybe this is, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anyways, Mark, how about you? How do you feel? I'm supposed to follow all that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, I, 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 Brian, I'm going, to, I'm going to say this. I fully support your way of thinking of this movie. I get it. I mm-hmm. get it because that's how I started. Right? Okay. And so it totally makes sense to me. I'm hearing all these things. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I remember feeling that way. Right? And in some ways, I still do. But at the same time, like, I feel like how you were saying about Cassian, I feel that way about Jin. And I can tell by the people that have seen this movie how much Jin is that thread through mm-hmm. the film, right? They love her so much. I love her so much. I mean, she's, they picked a perfect actor for the part. And her emotions and what, you know, all these things, the the heart of the rebellion, the heart that we see in Leia as well, too. You know, I mean, it just it's all throughout this film. And yeah, in, in in a sense, I understand where you're saying how it would fail as a standalone. It would be kind of hard for people to get into because oh, there's all these little things in here that people love. But in that sense, it's very much a love letter to the original trilogy, especially A New Hope. It's total love letter to that. I mean, we get all these little characters and stuff throughout that we love, you know, that yeah. we've seen before. Little things here and there. I mean... There is so much to love in this film, you know, but I know that it's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow because it's so different from what we had seen up until that point. Right. Yep. Um, but I, I just think in the end, even when in it's bumpy parts, there's so much here. And I love how it connects us directly right into a new hope. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. there it, it would have been nice to see a little bit more of these characters and get to know them better and everything. But it also follows the formula that's within a new hope in like, which you've seen, and they, it's been repeated a couple times. It's like the Wizard of Oz. Dorothy finds the Scarecrow. Dorothy finds the Cowardly Lion. Dorothy finds the mm. Tin Man. Mm. And then they go on this journey for the ultimate goal. And in the goal, you know, things happen. And there's loss. And, you know, and then everything is okay. But in this movie, it's just got such a brutal ending. I mean, it just, it, it was hard to realize they're really going to do this. I thought they were, you were going to be saved, yeah. but then, you know, it just, that just shows you the sacrifice of what had to happen to make the next chapter happen. It only makes the stakes higher. Right. So it's like, you don't want their sacrifice to be in vain. And so it, yeah, yeah. I know it's like, it's going back and, and, and filling in that. So I, I get it. 
I totally it's get so it, Brian. I totally get it. But that's so funny. Me, I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I remember leading into this movie. Now, Chase, if you didn't see it until it, I don't think it'll be the same for you because you right. probably, you knew a lot already, right? Like by the time you actually saw it, you knew a lot. Like yeah, like the the buzz and the chatter was no one. They're all going to die at the end. They're all going to and yeah, what's his name? Yeah. Boz like slipped the thing, which was hilarious. They all going to die. We all die or whatever he said was hilarious. But like I never thought that they had to die. The galaxy's really big. We all talk about how big the galaxy is. It's like these people could have been doing things off camera, and I didn't you know when k2 goes down like i love k2 and that's really really hard and we'll get into more of this when we talk about solo like in two weeks so come back in a few weeks when we talk about solo and l3 and my love of droids and i grew up loving c3po and r2d2 because like they were the first gays in space and i love them um but i get really emotional about droids because of how they are treated in the galaxy and i really 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 think droids are like the queers of Star Wars, like with how they're treated and how they're used and lit, used when they need to and whatever, all of it. We'll get into it with L3. But I thought they were going to live because I was yeah. like, I really thought we were going to get sequels. I'm like, oh, my, because what yeah. I have wanted for so long is another set of movies that happen literally at the same time as like Empire and Star Wars just off camera. Mm-hmm. And like. What did those characters do to help our heroes go somewhere else? Because for yeah. me, the, the Skywalker saga, I know people want to leave, but that was a family story. All of this stuff is happening around our heroes and it, it is there to build a world, but it's not really a part of the story. It's one of the things that makes Star Wars so interesting to me because the big easy go to is the thing that's the backdrop. And it's yeah. like the the pew pew pews. The pew pew pews are the backdrop. They're not the main part of the story at all. And it's like crazy, yeah. especially in a day of like Marvel when for me, the pew pew pews are the meat of the story. Like that's like we just that's what it is. And they're to me that, you know, I'm curious how they'll hold up in 40 years because I don't they don't get in there the same way Star Wars does. So, and so I was right. like, oh, my God, so, we're going to get this. We're going to get this like the extra later like and i was all into yeah. it and then they all died and i was like oh my god and i was on the floor gutted because i literally thought they were gonna make it until the the very end i was yeah. i was there i had i was in it i i'm, I'm so glad they didn't though i and and yeah and no. the reason and the reason why is because we already have enough characters that have been left open to come back later like that yep. Yep. and not everybody can be ahsoka that's yep. the other thing, yep. too, because how many of those well, characters are we going to have running around? You know, your Ahsoka, your Ezra, your Sabine's like, where are they? Where are they going to pop up again? What are they going to do? You know, yeah. the, the heroes of the rebellion don't need to all stay alive. We want our heroes yep. to stay alive. Of course, we don't want them to die. But, I mean, that's the reality of war in the end. And, you know, the people that have fallen along the way. That make you want to fight hard. Yep. That like make you want to be like, you know, this is my inspiration. I'm going to c- continue doing this because these people laid down their lives for my freedom, for the freedom of the galaxy, for the freedom of like this way of life that we used to know that the Emperor has not completely taken away and they've got a chokehold on us. And so, yeah, I mean, in the end, I, I, I appreciate, that's what I'm telling you, I appreciate it so much more now than I did then because 
I, I it, it was hard for me to get out of thinking the way like you think about the movie too. And like I'm just saying, that's not a wrong way because I I like that you're bringing that perspective to this because it reminded yep. me of where I started with it the whole movie. And and you know, it is what it is. No, I so. I agree. Like they needed yeah. to like it needed to happen. They all died for the hope that they believed in. I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Like Star Wars deaths are usually re- like they're really powerful. Like Han Solo goes out being Han Solo. It's very selfish. It is yes, it's for a son, understandably selfish, but that he's selfish the whole way through. Luke Skywalker went out hoping the greater good and inspiring a legend that was gonna be bigger than him. Leia dies in a selfish way too but as i feel like she needed to become selfish that was like kind of her arc she was selfless and then needed to learn to be selfish so she could help everybody else in a way and i thought it was great and i but i agree like i think i love the way they died I, well, this is a huge. And it's, <laughs> Brian, it's okay. It's okay, Brian. It is what it is. It's okay. <laughs> I bet that's got to be on a shirt someday. Picture of okay, the way they died. That's not the way they died. <laughs> what were you gonna? What were you gonna say, Em? Well, and I mean, uh-oh. oh, 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 oh no! What happened? Oh, oh, my boobs happened again. Sorry. <laughs> I need to move this thing. The cleavage right, strikes back. Better okay. the things, okay? Okay, yes. okay. okay. I, think it's, I think it's good now. It should be. <laughs> the power should, of femininity. <laughs> okay, it should be good now. Um, no, yeah. So what I was going to say was that, I mean, like, as we were discussing before, um, I mean, the fact that Jin lays down her life for the cause shows, like, her complete arc. I mean, she did not believe Mm -hmm. in this at Mm -hmm. all when she's initially talking to Saw before she sees her father's message, Mm -hmm. you know? And, like, to go from, like, completely not being on board whatsoever to this is what I'm going to die for. Like that is such a huge journey. And Mark, you had mentioned hiring the perfect actor for that. The minute you saw that hologram go down, she took like a beat to let it sink in. And then she was in go mode. It was all like, she is a survivor. And she was like, yeah. Okay. And you have to to wonder, did she even see this or did she have a recording of, his voice at all, or was she just simply playing off of this is what you're supposed to feel in this? I would love to yep. know that, right? I mean, it's probably behind the scenes somewhere, but mm-hmm. like that we're I, never I've gonna get. So, yeah, well, there's that. But you know, I mean, and 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 I love it because Mads Mickelson too. I mean, it's the perfect wraparound for Jin. She has to, you have to believe as well, too, that this yes. father figure means so much to her, right? Because of the way he talks to her, the way, you know, he he calls her stardust, and, you know, the things that he says to her. I mean, I'm listening to all these things. And it was super important to me when I was watching it again, when he, when he tells her, you know, the things I do, there's a reason. I'm not saying it verbatim, but like yeah. the things that I'm yeah. doing, there's a reason I'm doing these things. Almost yeah. like, please forgive me because you're probably going to hate me later. But just know that this is yep. for your good. I'm always thinking of you. This is for you. Just remember that. You know, yeah. and it's it's yeah. heartbreaking. It's just heartbreaking all around. But it's so yeah. good. Oh, <laughs> this movie, those sentiments. I wish my children's bio parents would have said that to them. Like, like that is what they're missing. And it's 
but really, they really have hard. You to well, they do, they do, yeah. they yeah. do. But that—that's a really like. But I get, it's I get really what you beautiful. mean. I get what you mean. You, they, they're so lucky to have somebody to be able to say that to them now. Yeah, someone who's going to mean it. You know, so. And yeah. you're going to chime in too, Chase. Yeah, I just wanted to say like one more thing about sort of like the just the characters and like I'd be interested, Brian. Like when you do rewatch it again, like maybe like looking at like more about like more like between the characters at the dynamics they have between each other. Cause for me, it's the dynamics that keep me invested. And like, I know we talk a lot about like all these characters, like dying for a cause and dying for hope, but, and they do for in, in a lot of ways, but at the same time, what I love about rogue one is it also like, there's another part to that where it's like, they're not necessarily dying for that. It's just a reality to how gnarly this war is, which mm-hmm. again gives yeah. a weight to star Wars to me and like a new hope and the original trilogy that I really, really appreciate. And again, yeah. I wanted to also bring up Bodhi because Bodhi is never brought up enough. And he teaches Rhythm all the importance of oh. whistle. Bro- First of all, gorgeous man. Right. Gorgeous man. <laughs> and a wonderful time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> and a perfect transition for my new <laughs> Chase's fan says Sith on my face. Yes. And it uh, has one a of my favorite position on so it. Exactly. Would that be the dark mm-hmm. side of the moon? <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> but you know, okay, so let me just bring this up because I'm gonna use this and then we'll transition into our favorite characters from this movie. Okay. I think both both Bodhi and Saw really get shortchanged in this film. They do. They do. Like, we do not understand. Like, we get nothing, no redeeming qualities about Saw Gerrera in this film whatsoever. Nothing redeems him, ever. Like, there's a moment maybe when with the hologram. But we don't really get why he's a bad guy to the rebellion and a bad guy to the, to the empire. They kind of say it real quick, like, but it's not much of anything. We don't get, why is this father that you just so beautifully were, were speaking to Mark giving his daughter to him? Like there was no reason why he is such a wonderful person that will raise my daughter. And then the tragic that happens to saw over time, like we don't get that. And that is, such an important part of the story that we're just missing. There is thing the, with I, Bodhi, I get like, that. Yeah, I get why, that. Why? Yeah. Why is the Empire so bad that this transport trooper is the whistleblower? It's so bad, even on that level, that he's going to leave the Empire. That's like we have to bring in that we know what the Empire is like. We don't see that in the film, mm-hmm. and the entire plot sits on the fact that this guy is betraying the empire. He's le- he's risking everything. We didn't see him run away. We didn't see him really risk anything. We only see him being mistreated by the good guy. Mm. And like, we don't even get, we don't even get Jin. They're like saying something. He may have done this, but you know, he's a good guy. This is what he had. This is what happened. There could have been something. We don't get any of that. I feel like there are two gigantic linchpins in this film that are left completely unresolved. And I think it's really hard for me to get past that on the surface, more than just the surface, a couple layers in. I love this movie. Yeah. Yeah. You think Cody called Galen daddy? (laughs) (laughs) 
I hope while he was sithing on his face. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, (laughs) jeez. That fan is going to be so much. Look at Emma. Look at that look. (laughs) I should never have bought this fan. Don't say that. I love that fan. Okay. Every straight man listening to this, give it a go. If you haven't done it before, just give it a go. (laughs) Open up. Let it happen. Take a shower. Take a sip. (laughs) All right. Next. Case. (laughs) Who is your favorite character in this movie? Okay, well, I got to say, I don't know. That's so hard. Can I pick? Can I just like say three and expand on one? Yes, because I'm going to do the same thing. Love that. Okay, great. So Bodhi (laughs) teaching us all whistleblowing is incredible and can cause revolutions. It's incredible. He's inspirational. I also want to highlight Andy. They brought up a wonderful point about Bodhi seeing Galen as a father figure. Mm -hmm. And like there's a relationship there that Brian, like you said, isn't necessarily explored and that is frustrating. And like it is it leave Rogue One does leave a lot up to the audience to put together. I saw Rogue One before I watched the Clone Wars. So I really was like, what the hell is this guy? I was like, what is this dude's problem? You know, in context with Clone Wars, I'm like, I get it and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, and Crystal mentioned like wanting wanting a moment between Bodhi and Jin connecting over the loss of Galen. And it, that that is such a great, great point. And I do wish that we had that. Maybe if this movie was just like two and a half hours long. I know it's like, like if we three, just honestly. got a little bit like it could have we just really missed those things. Okay. Yeah. So and Bodhi. Yeah, Bodhi and then um, Chiru, of course, and K2SO is just one. He's like, he's the gayest straight droid in space. I (laughs) love him so much. Like, he's definitely not gay, but he's so gay. And uh, I just adore him. It's because all droids are gay. And in some sort of, they're all queer in some sort of way. Absolutely. Every single droid in Star Wars. And every time I watch the movie, anytime I see a K2SO moment, I'm like, I'm like literally confounded by just how, like, just how sassy he is. He hits like ever like all these droids like <laughs> that we have in our lives are sassy. R two sassy. Three PO gets his moments. Um, Chopper is very sassy, but K two S is like savage. He like lays in. He <laughs> leaves it all yeah. on the table. Like he'll say shit. Yeah. I'm like, damn. Yeah. Which also, by the way, reflects sort of like the grittiness of like a Star Wars war movie, which I, I guess, is kind of cool too. Yeah, Those are my three faves. Mark. So I'm going to start with Chirrut and Baze because I see them as just like a duo. So, you know, uh, like Emma brought up, just the spirituality, the character. He doesn't have the force, but he's in tune with it. It's such a big part of him, you know, and just we get to see Donnie Yen in action. Oh, so good. right? And then I just love Baze because he's always got his back. Right. It's like, you know, it, it, it just. I love it. These brothers in space that we follow on this journey. And it's so sad the way it all turns out, but they always had each other as long as we know them. Right. They've had each other. Right. Um, Then I would have to say Jin is my other favorite character just because again, I've come to appreciate her more and more over time. She looks fantastic in an Imperial armor outfits mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's that um and k2so of course because he's hilarious alan tudyk does a fantastic job yep. and it's just it's such a fun character i think 
that I, I, I can't wait to see more of that character in the future. Cause I, I don't think they initially bring him into Andor, but I think at some point we're going to see the character back again, but who knows? There are probably surprises with it, but yep. yeah, those are my characters. Um, so yeah, my favorite is Chirrut, Um, for reasons that I've already explained. Yep. Um, my second favorite is Jin as well because like she's just so badass and and it's great. It's great to go on this emotional journey with her of mm-hmm. her growing and you know changing her mind and mm-hmm. deciding that you know she needs to like go all in in this whole rebellion thing and. Um, I'm gonna say Galen is my third favorite character. Mm. He's very close to my heart, and I like him so much that I named a tragic character in my saddest fic after him. Mm. <laughs> yes, awesome. So, K2 is my favorite, <laughs> like, he's just that dude steals the show every single time he's on screen. He's another one who. They get to Edo, I think is the planet, right? Where Galen dies. Yeah. And he yes. changes too. Like he he changes before Cassian. He makes the switch first. And Cassian, I think, also partially makes the switch because K2 did. Yeah. And to see that from the beginning of the film to there is really, really powerful. It goes more into like we will talk about more, but for droids rights and all those things that is a joke, but it's also really not funny. And it's like a very layered on the surface can be a lot of fun. I think if we respect the seriousness underneath it, mm-hmm. um, K2 addresses it with Jin. Did you like when she shoots the other one? He's, did you know that wasn't me? Like, <laughs> like it's like, it's really funny on the surface. It's totally sassy. Yeah. But underneath that, there's something really like, like, these droids value their lives and no one around them does. Hello, mm-hmm. AKA queer people <laughs> far too often. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really relate to him in that. And I'd also like to think that I'm just as butch, but also very sassy. <laughs> Probably not true, but. <laughs> so butch, butch and sassy will call you bassy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but then Bays and Chirrut, I love them. Yeah. They are husbands. There's that is another one. Like all I wanted, just one little kiss on the forehead when he's holding when Bays is holding so him, just sweet. like oh my yeah. god. Yeah. I mean, I mean it would have made even sense. Argon and 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 like Obi Wan. Yes. Had oh my god. I, yes. Yes. Right? Well, yes. part of the reason it, I got delayed in watching Rogue One was because. Phantom Menace was on Cartoon Network for some reason. And I don't know why watching a Star Wars movie when it's live on TV <laughs> yep. somehow was it more exciting. Totally oh, it hits different. <laughs> yeah. it hits and I watched, I watched the whole movie. I was like, oh, God, I love this movie. It's so good. Um, but yeah, he's got that really tender little like moment where he just kind of touches Obi-Wan's yeah. lips and it's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I those like they are not brought they are together like every single thing about that is them being together and i love i love yeah like i feel i see a lot of tom and i in it i think in their relationship because i've said many times tom is like irish catholic through and through he's very religious i am very not but i very much believe in em said it so beautifully earlier but about cheroot 
And I wonder if true, I think he was force sensitive. I think somehow he was too old and the Jedi overlooked him. And we could talk a whole lot of things about why that may or may not have been. But I do believe he was force sensitive. But he was also so believed in the Jedi that because he wasn't a Jedi, probably didn't think he was force sensitive. Because Jedi, we all know Jedi, you're either a Jedi or you're not. There's no in between. And so I feel like. (laughs) Oh, 100%. He was that. Yes. Okay, can you imagine Mazen and Chira talking though? Oh, can you imagine that yes. conversation? Yes. Oh. Um, yeah. Um, but Baze too, like I loved his loyalty. Like he mm-hmm. fell out of it and didn't probably saw all the flaws in the Jedi. Like just probably saw everything going down. It's like, dude, I can't, I can't rock with this anymore. And yes, I was a really big believer. But then I actually like I can't I can't like this is what's going on. But I love you and I'm going to stand by you. And two people yeah. to go back to the to the bad batch of tech with I just because I understand you doesn't mean I have to agree with you. This is like the beautiful side of that of like, look, we don't have to agree with every single thing and we can still love each other and respect each other. And I think it's like the super healthy relationship of two very different kinds of people who love each other enough that a religious belief doesn't define your entire being. And I really mm-hmm. like what that, I like what that represents because to me, like there is no debate that they're together. They're just husbands. <laughs> like I, I will not have <laughs> any other conversation because, you know, even like Din and Cobb who are very much together, like I can, I can realize that it's probably not the truth. <laughs> but not true in base. <laughs> I'm proud of you. That was probably very hard to say. <laughs> yes. Well, they're together long before Din and Luke. Let's just put that out there. <laughs> oh, well. oh my God. <laughs> Brian, this is not acceptable. <laughs> All ships Wash are valid. <laughs> All ships are valid. Except for baby kidnappers. Okay. Brian, we can <laughs> have a conversation. <laughs> Oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love to all, love to all. <laughs> For the what record, is... I'm not okay with this. <laughs> with Din Luke, I'm not either. I know. <gasps> Brian. <laughs> Can we kick him he out? He's just doubling down. Oh, I'm fine rude. with I'm fine with Din Luke. I would be the first person. I would be the first person in Mandalorian to double down on stupid notions. Uh um. I can't believe I just compared myself to that. That was a bad move. Bad move. Um, favorite move it, moment from this movie? Chase. Um, I think just Chiru kicking ass. Kicking ass and trusting his trusting his like his whole his whole thing, trusting his connection with the force. That was for sure one of my favorite moments. And then also I just loved seeing, and this is like the prequels, baby and me. I just loved seeing uh I like to call him Anakin. Some people call him Vader, but I like seeing him in the back deck and I love seeing him get like kind of put oh back together. God. That look, that that peek behind the curtain. Listen, that feeds me in some type of way. And I did not know I needed to see that, but yep. I hope we see it again in Kenobi. I yep. live. I think we will. Scene. I, I think, think we will we too, will. based off of that concept art. So, yes, those are my two fave moments of the movie. Yep. Quick question because I love that you said that. M and Mark, rapid fire, Anakin or Vader? How do you refer to him? I I do the same thing 
um, that I do for other Star Wars characters that have gone by more than one name, and I <laughs> call them what they would want to be called at the time I'm talking about. Them. Okay. Exactly. Ooh, okay. Okay. And that is that's very, a very M response. Very much like, oh, no, no, no. But that is because yeah, imagine, imagine Anakin becoming Vader is very much like somebody telling it. Well, these are my pronouns. These, this is who I am now. So well, it's, like, it's also, you know, it, everybody evolves, you know, so it's also funny because we did talk about this once when yes. we were talking about force ghost Anakin. And I'm like, well, of course he's going to come back as Anakin because yeah. that's how he'd yeah. want everyone to see him because he's selfish. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 Don't remember all the bad things I did, but look how cute I am. Yeah, it's okay. This is this is cheap when we were asked about which part like of Madonna yeah, that exactly. we liked her era, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm just like because it's Vader to me. Like he's oh well, I say that, but then but no. I get it. I get it. I get it. I'm not mean. really. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, like during the OT, like I don't really see Anakin until the end. I see Darth Vader, but that was what I grew up with. And, but I also, I mean, I, we all know I stay in the prequels and Lord knows Clone Wars Anakin is the ultimate Anakin. Like that is the perfect Anakin in every Revenge single of sort of way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <coughs> oh, sorry. What is your favorite part, Mark? What is your favorite moment from this movie? So overall moment, if I'm going to talk about a big moment, is the Battle of Scarif scene, mm-hmm. ghost appear in it, right? If I'm going to talk about like galactic <sighs> yep. moment, but if I'm going to pick a personal moment, I think the the moment that stands out more to me now, I think than ever, is Baze when he talks to Jin and he calls her little sister, and it's not like he's looking down on her; it's a respect uh, because he sees that little sister is very mighty. And I love that mm. so much. It just mm. it just stands out to me. The more and more I watch this, this film, the more that moment is something that like I just take from it and just cherish. Yeah. Well, Chirrut does the same thing when when she comes back and she's talking about the hologram, and everyone's like, "Do you believe her? Do you believe?" And he's so firmly yes. and beautifully and sensitive, and because he's not speak he so Chirrut is like, "I believe her." But he is not speaking to anyone else in that room except to Jin. Like, it is so mm-hmm. beautiful. Like, it is such a father move. Like, I will speak to you because none of that other noise matters. Like, yeah. none of it matters. Same with the little sister. It's like, we don't care about any of this. Other. We see you. And, yeah. like, yep. it yep. is beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. M. It's so hard for me to choose. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> um. I'm going to have to do three. So um, for different reasons. So the first one, it was my first like <gasps> moment. And that was when Lyra pointed the gun at Krennic. Mm. Um, that was like, that was when I was like, oh my gosh, I genuinely don't know what's going to happen. Like it was great because, you know, again, with like action adventure movies, a lot of the time, the plot points yep. are very predictable. Mm-hmm. And this sort of gave it this element of like, chaos and randomness that I wasn't expecting. Um, the other one was seeing the exterior of Fortress Vader. That was is, pretty exciting. As everyone it's knows, beautiful. it's one of my favorite places in <laughs> mm-hmm. Star Wars. And lastly was um, K2SO's Last Stand. Yep. Mm. That was yep. very powerful. Yeah. It really, yeah, it was great. Yeah. 
I mean, to see to see a droid, you know, which most people think, well, they're just mechanical, but then you saw the light go out in their eyes, and yeah. you know what well, they were like, giving up uh, for this cause too is just it's just a lot. His That's little. A, Go up, go use the walk the stairs, walk yeah. like oh, it was like oh god, yeah. And, and yep. the other thing, too, ugly like, cry every time. Well, like and the other thing too, it's like he sees Jin evolve as well too, and he points it out, and he goes, you know, you you like you, the way you act sometimes, it's like I can never guess where you know what your next move is going to be. Mm-hmm. That's not verbatim, but it's just the fact that even a droid sees what she's gone through since they first met. Yeah. Yep. It's pretty amazing. I think I love a few things too. Like Borgola gets teased all the time, but I love me some Borgola. That is just weird <laughs> Star Wars hoopla that is just like weird. It reminds you just like me tentacle of tentacle porn. Well, I definitely do. <laughs> and what about it? <laughs> Roasting pigs is great. Roasting pigs is a lot of fun. I don't mind being a pig every once in a while. Um, <laughs> Uh, but like it was it reminded me when I was watching it and I can never remember the the bog monster that was allegedly going to be in Tross for a minute the oh, spider with the baby head like yeah. like why was it that there why was it not there like this is like Borgola gets teased way too much but I think it's rad and it's very Star Wars and it's weird and why use why use a machine when you have an actual like person who can do the work for you, like, and it's great. Uh, I also think it says a lot to saw who doesn't trust yes. anybody, but he actually trusts Borgola. That like, that's great. Um, another thing that gets ri- uh, ripped on too much, but I love seeing Tarkin because I loved seeing that relationship between Tarkin and Vader when Krennic comes in to like tattletale on Tarkin. And there's like a lot of, of, oh, yep. Yep. Love it. Christopher says uh, the Tarkin reveal. Uh, where'd it go? Where'd it go? The Tarkin reveal was pearl clutching. The Vader hallway scene was insane. Loved it. We'll talk about that in a second. I cried when I saw Leia, but Jin casting at the beach end was my favorite. That's yeah, that was it was very unexpected. For sure. Um, so I love Tarkin and I love that there's already this like. Feud between he and Vader. And I'm all here, like, choking on your aspirations. I mean, come on. Have you all not seen Star Wars? Like, those are Star Wars lines. Like, it is not over the top. It's not really dad jokes. This is how Star Wars talks. This is, like, Mm -hmm. Star Wars language. And if you're not into it, then you can just see yourself out. Because it's not funny. It's cute. It's great. It's wonderful. Beautiful. But, like, stop comparing Star Wars to other films. And Disney don't listen to those people because Star Wars has always been in its own lane and it's always looked backwards for its inspiration and it looked forward for its te- technicalities. And let's keep it back there because so, like right now we're looking backwards for technicality and and current for like acting style, writing style, action style. Like that's not Star Wars. Like nope, nope, not it doesn't work. Let's move ahead because Rogue One proved like looking backwards without some script. Anyways, and um, I think I, the, the battle scene at the end is just really great because, my God, it's hard to top Return of the Jedi. And that's up there. And we have not had a long yeah, it's really good. battle life. It's, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. 
can I ask one question to the group? Because I'm so curious about like Star Wars lines. Like you brought up like how don't choke, you know, careful not to choke on your aspirations. Mm -hmm. Very Star Wars line. I completely agree. But one line that I I cringe every time is when Saw Gerrera is like, he says, save the rebellion. And I'm like, great, great last oh, line. But then yes. he goes, save, save the, the dream. Tr and I'm like, but what that's, the hell? Oh, yes, that? that's what I'm talking about. That's what we're missing. Why the hell is this dude saying that? He was never part of the dream. I spent that's the entire movie saying he doesn't believe what we do. He doesn't believe in a dream. That He's line, too. Well, like, yeah, I mean, work. I think he believes in the rebellion. Yes. In an extreme way. But the dream line for me is the just the one moment where I'm like, can we just... That yeah. was but a little, a little we bit. don't know what his yeah. dream is. We don't know that he actually believes in the rebellion in yeah. that movie. We know yeah. it if we know Clone Wars. We know it knowing Rebels. We know the like. Yeah. I mean, come on that that little like library reading between Mon Mothma and Sagrera and Star Wars yes. Rebels. Like Jesus so Christ! Uh, <laughs> so I could do an episode on that. Just yeah. that scene. Brian, Chase, yes. real quickly. I I was just sitting here thinking what you were just talking about, and on that same like wavelength if we got a little more of the story of like Jin growing up with saw i think it would have helped that a little more and then if we would have gotten a yandu moment of like you know that whole thing it's like just like just this new parent that that came to take over because yeah. of circumstances yeah what had led yep. him to this point and if we had gotten a little more of saw's dream if they had it if they if there was a dream that was shared at one point that I think would have like added more and it didn't have to be in your face. It just had to be them simply talking yeah. and then you realize we needed a minute. Yeah. We needed yeah. a minute. Yeah. I love what Christopher says here. Cause I think Christopher is spot on. He says his dream referring to Sagrera's dream. And that yeah. is, if there is Sagrera, it is that because he's yeah. right. They are all wrong. Yeah. He wants what we all want, but He's just so hardened that he's become so selfish about how to obtain all those things. And you're either with him or you're against him. That's like who yeah. he became. And it's very sad. This, uh, is, this is the yeah. perfect like place to, I think, introduce people to him more and give you a better yes. idea of the man. But I think for whatever reason, because of the way that the movie was yeah. cut, there was only so much of that that made it into it, unfortunately. Yep. You know, because if we were going to introduce this character that is a pretty big deal and you got a pretty big freaking actor to play him, like you yep. said, I think he was underused. I think we should have gotten a lot more of him. Um, but time constraints, editing, and the fact that the movie needed to be rolled out because of the problems that it had in production – I think a lot of that ended up getting cut out, unfortunately. And I, I yeah. yeah, it would be great to get it. It sucks, but it'd be nice to get a book about that at some point. Star Wars you know, needs to stop announcing when they're going to release movies. Say, these are what we're working on. Exactly. And you're going to get it when they'll you They'll come out it. when they're ready. <laughs> they'll come out when they're ready. They need to stop. Can I throw a real quick what if? Because then I want to ask about the hallway scene. Because yeah. Lord knows the hallway scene is the most talked about moment in this movie. Right. But I want to throw a what if out there because one thing that I really wanted to see from Solo was Jin or so being a cloud rider. Like how amazing would it have been if she was just one of those people underneath the helmet would have explained while she was in jail, we would understand. Okay. Like it would have given some context to how she was bad, how she was arrested, all the things that the rebellion said, you know, I was like, mm -hmm. I really, I was hoping for that in that movie. I was like, uh, you could have digitally put that face in there. 
She didn't need to say anything. She just needed to be there. Rad. No? I love that idea. I love that. It's idea. great. Yeah. No, I think it, I think it's a fun idea to tie to have like. A I mean, I mean, we like can't that. even get like more emphasis. So, you know. Yes, we will. Cassie Nandor, she's gonna be we better, there. We better. She. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Mama and daughter are gonna be. I know oh. it. Anyway, so they, all right. <laughs> I think Nest is probably like bitches up there with Bosch and one of my favorite costume designs. Ooh. Every single thing yes. about that costume design is yeah. so, like perfect. It is yeah. so perfect. The music is amazing. Oh, yeah. I could. I am here for Enfys Nest. Okay, Emma, how do you feel about the Darth Vader hallway scene? I feel it would be remiss to not talk about this scene. Because it is, like I said, the most talked about part of this entire movie. How do you feel? Yeah, about it? I'm one of those simpletons who loves it. Okay. Like, I mean, I feel like I feel like a lot of the time the people who criticize it. Oh God, I don't want to get in. I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I am, feel like I got you, I got your back. I got your back. <laughs> so, go for it. I, no. Okay. <laughs> There is, listen, anytime someone has a Star Wars opinion and they can defend that opinion with facts and point to things in the text and or even just talk about like a personal experience or a personal opinion that they have that is coloring the way that they see, like the the way that they experience um, Mm -hmm. the stories and the characters. I am totally here for it. I will listen all day. I will listen all day to that. But I feel like sometimes when people rag on the hallway scene, it's because they're too cool for school. Oh. Well, luckily, when like, I rag on it. Like, and they want to look like jaded and cool. <laughs> and You know what I mean? <laughs> I kind of get what you're saying. You do? I mean, yeah. Totally. yeah. Luckily, I mean, those people aren't. I already am all of those things. So I don't even need to, like, brag about how cool I am. I'm like, <laughs> I am here week after week <laughs> just showing my coolness. Everyone's like, whoa. Ryan walks into a room and they're like, that's cool. <laughs> so do I need so Remember that Romeo I, and Michelle should, uh, I sent the other day so, <laughs> so should I Should I repeat what I've said in the past About the Vader scene Please Yes Yes please <clears throat> Well I find it I've It pushes my buttons It makes me terrified of Vader Like it shows mm-hmm. Like a raw display of his power mm-hmm. Of his command of the force He is completely fearless He doesn't give two fucks that you're shooting 12 blasters at him at the same mm-hmm. time. Yeah. He is going to slice through you. Like he's a hot knife in your butter. Mm. You know, it's like, he just, <laughs> he is completely like relentless. I'm just got fancy on us. <laughs> I'm just saying it's like, it's, it yeah. reminds, it reminds me of like a zombie horde in a zombie movie where it's yes. just like yeah. this churning, yep. relentless, um, you know, force that is coming at you, this threat that is coming, the barreling towards you, it's completely unstoppable. And like the sheer momentum of it is going to cut you down. And there, yeah. there is no doubt, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's just going to happen. Like you are about to die. Yeah. So yeah. like that is how I feel. And I mean, the thing is, I know that that was the intention and i'm being played by a like a i'm being played like a oh, violin yeah. 
happily. But I, I don't mind. Yes. That was the, um, <laughs> I want Star Wars to go R-rated. Let's have a horror movie Star Wars. That's what it looks like. That was our yeah. horror movie Star Wars. Yeah. Like, for sure. Um, <sighs> Mark, how about you? I, I mean, I'm going to add to what Emma said. It's just that, to me, it's like okay. all this, all what we saw of it's Anakin who has become Vader unleashed. I mean, it's we've seen what he's capable of. We've seen what he can do and everything that has that Dooku had said about him, that the emperor had said mm-hmm. about him, you know, you know, that you're, you're it, it gives you focus. It, is the yeah. fulfillment, it's the uh, fulfillment mm-hmm. of the promise of Anakin's yep. power. Exactly. And whether Every, that be, yeah, yeah. It, it just, I love that because it's like, we get to see him do these things. The legend that was Vader was put to screen on that moment. All the things that we had yeah. feared about him and all the things that like that boogeyman that we had been told about is mm. on screen at that moment. And the fact that yeah. these soldiers are dying, they, they they have no way of like fighting this. this there's beam. no chance. Yeah, there's, there's no none. chance. I mean, and just like he just, mows them down yeah and, he was a monster yeah, and it's like he and was a like legit that, monster and, and it brought us back to the scary vader that we knew as a little kid and 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 that is what is pure about that moment my god we even got the man's castle early in the film and we got that boogeyman mm-hmm. got to act out his moment in this film I know that some people feel like it's tacked on and everything, but it's just like it's it is it's very, very beautiful the way it's done, because, you know, going forward, people are going to tell this story. And this is what it's like continues the legend of Vader, just like there's a legend of Luke Skywalker. There's just a legend of Vader as well, too. And this is just going to keep going forward and they're going to be afraid of this being. So, yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> All right. Do you want to close it or do you want to go next, Chase? I will just add on a quick little thing because I like what I mean. First of all, I will never be able to top what y'all said about like it's the manifestation, like it's like the promise of Anakin fulfilled. It's like this mm-hmm. is everything that he sold his soul for, like is that level of power. Um, and I love that. Um, but also like just like again, like as someone who grew up watching the prequels and like and and watching Star Wars, but like I watched Star Wars as like a kid born in 95. So like I wasn't scared of him in the same way, mm-hmm. just societally, like in f- just film standards and like how movies are made and everything like that. He never, he, Vader, Vader never like really scared me. And then when, and then when Anakin became Vader, I still wasn't scared of him. Cause as a kid, I was like, yeah, but it's just like that hot guy. Who's like kind of sad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so like, just like his was, grandchild. <laughs> but, but what was so fun about the, about the hallway scene is that it, you, you, like I, I see Vader kick ass in comics. I see Vader kick ass in books and the animated shows, but I had never seen him like scare the crap out of me in a live action. And to see that in that movie will always scratch that itch. It always does that. And then also to add on to the hallway scene, one little thing that we have to talk about is that final shot of him standing, watching yeah. everyone get mm-hmm. away with those plans. And this guy is so 
fuck, sorry. He's so mm-hmm. rude. Like, he's so screwed. And you can just tell how pissed off he is. And then when you start a new hope right after that, and he's like, and like, just so mad, you get it. You get it. Yeah. And I live. Yeah. I, live. I live. Because it was the hubris that he went yes. and he said, I'm going to go take care of this. Yes. I'm going to go handle this. Uh, oops. Even he though I killed everybody, be, I yeah. didn't handle it. <laughs> Yes. Yep. Yes. So it's still, it's still, it's funny because it's like we get a lot of that. You know, he fails, <laughs> yeah. and then the emperor punishes like, him back like, and forth, back and forth, well, back and yeah. forth. Yeah, yes. and yes. well, and 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 also not. It shows not only the extent of Vader's failure, but also the extent of Leia's bravery. That is T. That is totally T. So that the Leia aspect to the hallway scene, I'm here for. Yeah, but. I'm going to counter almost everything you just said. I see where you're coming from, but this is what I was saying. And here we go. I am not here to say you're wrong. That is not what I'm about to do because we, as M so beautiful, always says that's not what we're about here. This is what I said at the beginning of the episode when I feel like my idea of Star Wars is not represented fully in this movie. And mostly that is my idea of Vader. And this in a lot of ways, contradicts what I love so much about Vader and the tragedy of Vader for me. Okay. So I think we the only time before. Let me. How do I start this? Because Darth Vader's really tr- he's tra- is tragic. What happens to him? Yes. So okay, I think this upstages Vader's most badass moment ever, which is. The, the opening of Return of the Jedi when he the Imperial shuttle lands and it opens up and he's got thousands of soldiers out there and he just is like BD energy walking down those stairs and he doesn't need to do anything. And he is like people are afraid of him. Same thing at the top of A New Hope. The door opens and he is scary. He just walk his mere presence is what is terrifying because we don't know what he can do. And I do feel that this takes away that because we see what he can do. Mm-hmm. Now, it's terrifying. But from a, a an emotional standpoint, which is how I always watch Star Wars, is from an emotional level, the one time that we have ever seen Vader be a total boss and badass and really exhibit his power was the one moment when he's using that power to try to turn his son. And... He's trying to show Luke, who is also desperate to try to figure out how he can save the rebellion. And I think there's a part of Luke who's like, I can save this because I'm going to be a Jedi. It's not because he wants to go run around and save the universe as Luke Skywalker, which I think he eventually became because that was the dark side always chasing him, which Yoda tells us in Empire Strikes Back that nobody likes to remember. And I say that all the time, but it's the truth like that started to haunt him. And he did become, he became very egotistical. He became very, but I'm Luke Skywalker. I can kidnap babies because I'm Luke Skywalker and that's what I should do. And I'm the only Jedi left. So give them to me because I'm Luke motherfucking Skywalker. Like, but he was not that. That was the dark side starting to eat at him because he turned to protect his sister. For the record, I agree. So like, That, I think, is so powerful. And for Vader to use his power to manipulate his son, because he knew he was his son, and and Vader 
slash Anakin is so hungry for power and so hungry to be the best because that is who Anakin was. He's like, I can turn my son because I could do all these things he's never seen before. And it's going to work because I'm going to beat him up and I'm going to show off all this power that he's after. And I think this cheapens that a little bit because to me, that should be the moment that we as the audience sees Vader unleash because that is the most pivotal moment in any Star Wars ever there. I'm sorry, that is not even debatable. That is what is like the core heart of everything is that moment. We all may have personal favorites, but that is the core moment of all of Star Wars is that moment right there. And that should have been his ultimate power play. And that like, so that is what is it rad? Is it all of the things, everything you just said? Yes. Yeah. But it cheapens what the ultimate power, the real power play is for me. Then in story to apply it to the text. I think the fact that Vader is promised all of these things, right? We know he was promised immortality. He could save people from dying if he learns from the dark side, right? The Jedi don't know how to do this. Only the dark side does. Then what happens? He can't save his mom. He, well, we, that happened before that was, I guess, used for that line, right? But he couldn't save his wife. And then who, who does Vader see escapes death? Obi-Wan Kenobi, a Jedi, his former master, the one that if he had just stayed with him, Obi-Wan would have taught him how to do that. Not Palpatine. Obi-Wan disappears. There was no body there. And he's in utter disbelief that Obi-Wan left because Palpatine lied to him. And that so so he wasn't given anything. Right. And so to say he's fulfilled by the emperor's promise, I'm like, no, I like the emperor to lie. I don't I didn't I don't want to see the emperor win. And this is an emperor winning moment. Of he did get that power. And I wish that he didn't get that power because it makes Darth Vader's fall that much more tragic for me. So is it beautiful and rad and a popcorn munching? Hell yes, fist up in the air moment. Yes. But when I pull back and I remove myself from it, I wish it wasn't there because for me, it lessens Vader's biggest moments. It doesn't lessen Vader. Yeah, but it lessens his moments in so, in some of my favorite mo- Vader's. Yeah, so right, I'm going to put this out there because you have to think about Vader, and we only get to see bits of his life, right? Mm-hmm. And the big moments, obviously, like you know, Luke and him fighting and everything. But at this particular moment in his life, he doesn't know he has kids. He is mm-hmm. living this truth at this moment. And in this mm-hmm. particular moment, he gets to shine oh. as Darth Vader. And so I, the way I see it is, it's like your accomplishments in your life. When you're 25 and you do something that's larger than life, and it's just amazing. And you get to shine in that moment. And you, you know, and in this moment, it's not exactly for a good reason because he's killing people. But yeah. for him, it is a big deal because this is him. He is freed. He gets to be this particular being that people can be afraid of, that oh. people, you know, they're true. Just like, yeah, he's he's asserting who he is at that moment in his best way possible and living his best truth at that moment in his life. True. Because he has no idea of what's ahead just yet. 
It's around the corner. But for that particular moment, he's shining in a way that is just more him than he's been ever. And that's all he needs to concern himself with at that moment. And that's a that's really well said. That's a very Anakin move. That is so, a very yeah, I had to yeah. I had to I'm go find the best theater all, all I wanted have, to find. Yeah. I'm going up of what all of you have put in my head about all these things that we talk about Anakin and where he evolved and where he goes and everything. But that to mm. me is how I look at him at this moment. So, that's um, really great, dude. I have to say that's it's that is so brilliant. Um, and, and with that said, we can almost, I mean, this is kind of how I look at it after your point, Mark is like that, that hallway scene isn't epic because it's cool. It's more like epic because it's like, this is Vader's last moment of being the idealized version of Darth Vader. Because <laughs> everything from then on. Yes. Screwed. That's what I'm saying. Like everything from that moment on, he loses yeah. the plans to the Death Star. The Death Star is blown up. Fucking the Empire. Sorry. The Empire. I get really passionate. The Empire. The Emperor is pissed at him and like demotes him because that happens. Yes. And then I'm just saying like, and then, and then he just starts questioning everything. And he has this Darth Vader existential crisis for the next <laughs> couple of years before he dies. So when you look at the hallway scene, don't look at it as like this iconic, cool scene. Pew, pew, pew. It's more like, no, it's like, this is like the one moment that he like, it's like his last stand no. as like this idealized version of himself. No, do look at it for the pew pew pews because that's what Star Wars is. Look at it for the pew pew pews, and then what's what's pulling those triggers? What's making the pew 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 go like that? Like that? That is Star Wars because it is rad looking. It's awesome. Holy crap! I can't believe this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. But then there's something underneath it that's even cooler. It's not as flashy, but it's cooler. And like, think about like what what was driving like. I just think it's really cool to think about how like this man fully lost everything. And look at me where my episode three, I didn't think that episode three hoodie was going to be relevant today, but it there is you go. Um, <laughs> See? But basically like, it's like he lost everything. And so he's like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to become the most badass like Sith Lord in the entire galaxy. Make everyone fear my name. And the second he starts to mm. slip, it's like it's like yeah like you said Brian like what what brought like what's underneath the PPP like what brought that level of like showmanship in the hallway scene to that point Vader is so desperate because the emperor by the way is still lying it's like we i mean like we talk about like this being like the manifestation of like the promise to him that the dark side promised him which is power but i i mean that on like a very superficial level like it's mm-hmm. like he gets to feel that like i feel through anakin like he's like oh yeah i'm the big baddie you know what i mean type of thing and so it's all this stuff because he has nothing else to live for he finally gets his big baddie moment and then the second he realizes he might have something to live for because he might have a kid out there and then he might have two kids out there then he's like whoop he's flipped right back down brought right back down to earth as anakin skywalker like you know what i mean so yeah (gasps) can i ask a question we're running close to time and this doesn't have anything to do with rogue one but i love what you just said like (gasps) i have two kids do you think the fact that vader totally buys in to the rule of two in the sith that actually having a third child that would swing things out of balance is what actually converts him because now he has two kids and he's going to have to kill one of them. And I've got to get myself out of this mess. Ooh, 
That that I think that's a I whole literally have like, never I, thought that's about a whole that. different live stream <laughs> altogether right there. <laughs> We're gonna have to save that one for later. <laughs> it's an interesting point. But that would throw everything that he believes in out of whack. Right? Yeah. I mean, unless he like mutated one of them into Sith spawn and like kept it as a pet, then he could have both. <laughs> I say or, <laughs> or yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, I don't know. Just that was really well said, Chase. That was really, you know what? It's all Mark. Thank I you. Just, I because I thank you. <laughs> love everything you're saying. Like it's been a really big problem for me. And I think I think those three issues, the Bodhi not getting enough of a story, why he would why he would rat them out in movie, not enough saw in movie, and that hallway scene are what re- were really kind of killing this movie for me because I love so much about the movie. Like I said, it's the most beautiful looking stars. It's so beautiful. It's oh my yeah. God. And the music, I, the music. Yeah. Oh, I, that was in my notes. I didn't even get to do that. The dude like wrote this entire score in like two days and it's like, Oh my God. And we got the little, like we got one of my favorite little callbacks to, I think I've said it once before on the podcast, but like when the introduction, uh, we only ever heard it in the new hope at the intro of the, de- it's like the death star theme or something. Yeah. I don't know, but it's my favorite piece. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so good. I love it. Love it. Love it. And we got it back. I remember in the theater going, yeah. <laughs> cause I had like, I love it. Um, but these are some really, really, really great points because there is so much to this movie that I wanted to love, but I feel I felt that these three things were so heavy that it would drag the rest of the movie down. If that makes sense, because everything else is great. Yeah, but these were just really important things. So I'm very glad. Thank you for this chit chat. I'm very excited because now I Yay. can't wait to rewatch it again <laughs> with my little fam, like their little y'all's little whispers in my ear while i'm watching it um because it i i it's i was the opposite of you mark loved it at the beginning and then the more i the more i was away from it the less i liked it oh and it, that happens though like you like you're totally into something at first and then like as time goes by you're like oh yeah. like also it. known it's as tross that's yeah. a conversation for another day. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Do we have anything else we want to bring up before we say good night to everyone? Anyone? Anyone? No. Bueller. Bueller. No. All right. Stardust. Emma, where can Stardust. people find you? <laughs> Stardust. You can find me on Twitter at Hutzlea and on Instagram at Foxler, F-O-X-F-L-E-U-R. Ship who you want. All ships are valid. Just kidding, because that Twitter hash, that Twitter handle was gone a long time ago when Hutzlea entered the room. Hutzlea took the chain. Yeah. And wrapped it about. Wrapped it around F O X F L E. Did you say Twitter? No, that's where you can find me. Oh, just kidding. Okay, sorry. Just kidding. I still have my Instagram handle. My Instagram handle. Oh, I was worried. My girl went into old robot mode. No, no, Hutzley, and it's right there on the screen, so I don't need to spell it for anybody. There you go. There we go. Just kidding. And it's also in the show notes below if you're listening to the podcast. Mark, where can people find you? 
You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at I am El Diablito and also on Taking a Number Two, where we talk about Star Trek. And uh, that's on the uh, Bad Motivators Patreon. Y que la fuerza esté contigo. Yay! Chase. You can find me on YouTube at That Gay Jedi and Twitter at underscore That Gay Jedi. Love it. You can, oh, oh, real quick, just in case I doubt you're listening, but Catherine, if you're listening to this, we are one day closer to the Andor series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you can find me and the show at Serving Pink Milk on both Instagram and Twitter, but mostly Twitter. Send us an email at servingpinkmilk at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show, any show ideas you may have. Also, please, everyone, leave a comment below. Tell us your favorite character from the movie. Even if you're watching it now, we'd really appreciate it if you just like wait and tomorrow morning, just like put it on and just leave a comment because you can't leave comments right now. Do it tomorrow because it really helps the algorithm. And honestly, <laughs> we have been getting like 40% of viewers, new viewers from YouTube suggestions. So Sweet. let's keep it up. So thank you. Make sure to subscribe, like the channel, hit the smash button, the bells, ring my bell, all of those things. I don't know. <laughs> The smash. Yeah. <laughs> Call me Hulk. All right. Thank you so much, everyone, for this wonderful evening. And hopefully you all still like me when kind of trashed on a very popular. But until next week, we love you and have a wonderful night and drink. Oh!